everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James? It's going pretty good, man. How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. All right. You want to uh, go over any trades from last week that you closed out or got into? Yeah. So I don't think I had any closing trades, but I did have some openers. Um, let me see here. ARKG. I think they have been getting beat down for a while. So I wanted to sell a put on them. So on Monday, I sold the 65 put, um, probably around a. Th- I don't know, 20, 25 Delta, something like that on the short. So I think I went pretty far away from the money since it's just a naked put and I don't have it as a spread. I wanted to go a little further away from the money uh, just in case that thing gets uh, continues to get beat down. I'll have like a little more range on it. So I sold a 65 put on ARCG. Um, I sold a call spread, it looks like, on ARKK. So that's the innovation ETF. Uh, 130 is the short, 135 is the long. I think the short call was around a 30 delta. Um, And then also EEM, that is emerging markets ETF. I sold a put on that. It's the 48 put. Um, And also the Qs, and I kind of talked to you about this one after I did it. I like to play both sides of the market. but things like SPY, DIA, and the Qs have been burning me on the call side. So I'm kind of thinking of just going on the put side with those three tickers because it seems like every time I lose on those, it's always on the call side because they you know, pretty much just keep ripping all the time. They have these little pullbacks, but they, for the most part, just go up. So I sold a call spread on the Qs. I'm probably going to regret it because <laughs> I think they got me uh, on the August monthlies. But I did do a five wide there. And then uh, these are all October monthly expirations, by the way. I moved into October for all my positions. So all of these trades are going for that. Um, and then else do I have here? Oh, FXI. Yeah, so I also sold a 37 put on FXI because they have been getting beat down really badly too. And I think I put on an extra position in September on the put side. And I also went into October on the put side because I just don't see them bleeding out uh, much more. If they do continue to sell off, I just don't see how it could continue. It's kind of like ridiculous, like uh, EWZ we were looking at recently, how it was just getting beat down on the daily, like it was in the oversold area. So I think for EWZ as well, I got on an extra trade for September monthlies because I was just like, man, this thing is beat down. This thing is oversold. This thing has got a rally, at least a little bit in the short term. So I got a 37 put sold there on uh, FXI for October 15th. But uh, yeah, I think that's all of my openers from this past. God, I just pulled up FXI's chart. That is an ugly chart. It's like every other day you've got gaps and then (laughs) tiny little candles and gaps. That's freaking ridiculous. It looks like uh, X, United States Steel. You know how they gap (laughs) time? (laughs) Yeah. 
You're right. I never really looked at it, but yeah, they are a gapper. But man, look how long on the daily chart that they have been at or below the zero on the TTM squeeze. Like they have just been getting trashed. And it's like this, this can't continue. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah, that looks like it's due for a pop. There's probably going to be a gapper. <laughs> All right. Hopefully it's a big one. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we'll start with uh, AMC. So on the last podcast, I talked about how um, I had that trend line drawn on AMC and I was still bearish on them because it was in a descending triangle pattern and they couldn't break out of it. And so on, what was that, Friday I opened the position? No, I don't remember what day it was that I opened the position. Um, I was up 25% on it. I went and bought a deep in the money put and then uh they sold off from the high that they had made right at that trend line and you know my put was looking good i was up 25 percent. and then the very next day they had that massive run and as soon as they broke that trend line i got out of the position at a one dollar loss and i'm really glad i did and i what i was thinking i what i should have done is seen okay they broke that trend line i don't think it's going down right now i should have closed that short position opened up along and you know i would have made out freaking pretty with that but instead i just closed it out because i was like yeah i don't know where they're going uh definitely didn't expect that rally they had um i ended up closing out my uh ewz uh call that i had on them for a nice profit i want to say what was that 50 60 percent profit on that but they had just been you know we were looking at it and you uh, brought up that trend line that they were trading off of and they weren't making really big moves and then I sold it like the perfect time because they started selling off right after that and then I believe it was Friday they made another move up so I might go long uh, EWZ again um, two new trade or three new trades I got into this week was I sold a call spread on um, QS I was looking at their chart and uh, to me I'm pretty uh bearish on them so hopefully start tracking down they're kind of trading real sideways right now but um i think they'll make a move down i sold the put spread on azn which is astrazeneca and then i got into this trade which i might be excuse me might be exiting on monday same thing a trend line trade it's a bmy and they're trading off of this trend line perfectly. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going, uh, going long right here. And then they ended up, I was up big, like right at the at market open after I opened it. And then the rest of the day, they just sold off hard and went below that, uh, trend line. So if they don't rally tomorrow, uh, they're at a certain price level right now, then I'm definitely going to, uh, probably I'll do like I should have done on AMC and close the, uh, long position, open up a short, because if they break through that level, it's a at that trend line, and it's uh, it's also a, a price level that they've respected. So if they break through that, they're headed way down. And that was all I had on. Gotcha, man. Yeah, we were talking about it in the past too about you know trend lines and stuff, and like when something starts to go against you, you know. What about flipping the script and, you know, like you were short something and then it broke, you know, out of this trend 
and you were like, okay, this thing isn't going the way I wanted it to let me go to the other side and go long. Um, I think the big thing for me, not that I do a lot of that kind of trading um, where I'm picking direction a lot of the times, but when I do, um, yeah, for me, it's just like hard to find time if I'm not like keeping up on the stock or the ETF and it kind of reverses on me. And for me, it's like, I may not always have the time to really see that or, uh, you know, really keep up on it and then, you know, switch from being short to being long. But I guess if you're doing something like, you know, more swing trading, maybe looking at like the daily charts or the weekly charts, you kind of got a better uh, chance of doing it. Because, you know, maybe you just look at your positions once a day or something. If you see something break through a trend line that you weren't expecting, then you can kind of flip it. But I think that's a, you know, a really good idea uh, because especially you're trading off of that too. Um, certain like support and resistance levels or certain trend lines you make trades like off of those all the time and you're very directional in your trading so i think that's a cool you know strategy and idea to uh go the other direction if the market doesn't you know give you what you were expecting just flip it and go the other way and try to make profit yeah and that's it's pretty much the name of the game is finding out what other people are trading or finding out how they're trading, what they're thinking when they're entering a trade. Like right now, I'm doing a video on uh, Fibonacci levels. And finally, I've been able to find people that are saying, you know, what it is. It's not some magical number. You know, it, 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 yes, it's found in nature and stuff. But the only reason they work in the stock market isn't because of Fibonacci's magic. It's because other people trade off of those, those levels. So, uh yeah, so I'll be coming out with that video, but it's like that's what trading's all about is just trying to figure out what other people are doing because, you know, what you're doing in the market isn't going to do crap unless you're one of these major hedge funds or something. So as retail traders, we're just trying to figure out what uh, what lines and everyone or everything's playing off of. Yeah, definitely. And then when, you know, like you're saying, something doesn't go your way, you see something going the other way ability to close out and go with the flow i think is important yeah definitely should have did that on amc and like i said i might be doing it on a uh, bristol myers come monday so see how that one turns out gotcha um yeah so for this week's topic um i wanted to talk about like maintenance requirements, like if you're trading within a margin account and you want to do something like sell a naked put or sell a naked call, like let's say it's a high price stock or high price ETF and like it's not even like a cash secured position on the put side or you're just selling a call, you know, a single leg option and, uh, you know, you're going to not have any protection on the top side wanted to kind of just talk about you know what does that mean because like for stock if you like let's say space is trading at 26 dollars a share and you want to go out and buy 100 shares um you know you know for 100 percent of that value it's worth 2600 bucks um if you're trading on margin you know you're not going to actually uh necessarily need that much in your account to hold the 100 shares um i think most I want to say that most uh, margin requirements on stuff like that is around 20%, but if you have some more like volatile 
stocks that you're trading, sometimes they up that higher to 30%. And I want to say space is one of the companies in the past where they've done that, like TD Ameritrade. I know that's who I trade with mainly. They have a list of like special stocks essentially. And space has been on that list several times where they're like, no, the stock is like super volatile. We're not just going to require you to like have 20% of, you know, what the shares are worth in your account, um, you know, to trade on margin with them. Like we're going to require you to have like 30 or 40% or something higher. Um, so that's not too hard to find out. You know, you like look at a stock and you know what it's trading at and how many shares you buy. And it's pretty quick to see, um, you know, if you're trading within a margin account, like this is the amount of capital I need to hold the shares. Um, but for like options, it's like a little bit different. It gets a little more complicated and I don't really sell naked calls anymore. Um, I've done it and I, I a lot of times I've made money and then sometimes I've gotten burned and like, I really don't like the idea of being open to unlimited risk. Um, and we've kind of talked about this before, like, you know, just selling a call and not buying a call above it. You're just, you know, the thing could go to a million dollars essentially and you're like kind of screwed, but like on space, you know, let's just say they're trading at 26 bucks right now. Uh, you buy 100 shares, you've got 2,600 bucks on the line, essentially, if they crater, go to zero and go out of business, the max you can lose there is 2,600. On the call side, like, man, that thing could go to 1,000 bucks a share, 5,000, 10,000, like you're truly open to like this unlimited risk. So if you're going to trade on margin and you're going to trade naked options, like selling naked puts or selling naked calls, I think it's important to just understand like, well, how much capital do I need to hold the position? Um, if you're going to be selling or shorting, you know, if you're going to be short a put or short a call and um, yeah, it's definitely a little more complicated, like for naked puts and naked calls. Um, I'm actually looking at TD Ameritrade's website. I think this is where I learned uh, how to calculate these values to kind of figure it out. But um you know, there's three different formulas they use, and you can run calculations on all three of these, and whatever comes out to be the greatest number is going to be your maintenance requirement to hold the position. So the first formula they use is 20% of the value of the underlying stock, uh, less any out-of-the-money value. So that's like if, let's say, a stock is trading at $81.25 and the put strike that you sell is the 81 there's 25 cents or you know 25 dollars per contract that would be that uh out of money amount and then also you have to add in 100 percent of the current market value of the option so if the option was worth let's just say two bucks or 200 bucks at the time you got to factor that in so that's the first formula they use to calculate and then the second one uh they have a little bit different between the calls and puts, but for the calls, they will be looking at 10% of the current market value of the stock plus the premium of the option. And then um, on the put side, it's actually 10% of exercise value of the underlying stock plus the premium value. Um, so on the put side, it's a little different. They look at it, you know, if you were to be exercised, like they're looking really at the strike price right there. And then they're taking into account the actual value of the option. 
So that's uh, formula number two. And then formula number three is $50 per contract plus 100% of the premium. And this one is like, seems to me like to be the most crude calculation they do. Like it doesn't matter what the stock is or you know what it's trading at, what it's valued at. They're just like 50 bucks per contract. And then you have to add in the uh, premium of the option or you know what you collected to sell it. So those are like the three formulas they're going to look at and they're going to you know run and whichever one ends up being the greatest, that's your maintenance requirement. So if option number three or formula number three ends up yielding the greatest amount, you know that is going to be the, the margin you're going to have to have or the equity you're going to have to have in your account to be short that naked put or that naked call. Um, so I'll just go through like a couple scenarios really quick that TD Ameritrade provided just to give you like a better idea of you know what it means. Um, they give an option here of like or scenario of selling five naked puts. So let's just say you sold five naked puts. The stock is currently trading at $81.25. The strike price that you sold on the puts was $81. So it's like super close to the money. And the premium you collected to sell those puts was $2 or $200. So they run through the calculations. Um, formula number one, um, that one provided a maintenance required of nine grand. Example number two or formula number two provided a maintenance requirement of 5,050. And then that super crude uh, formula number three only came up with 1,250. So since formula number one was the greatest, they're going to require you to have $9,000 in equity in your account to keep that position open. So you can definitely see like, you know, right away, if you want to get into a position, um, you know, I'm going to need $9,000 in my account to sell these five uh, puts against this stock. And that's great. Like, you know, all right, this is the maintenance requirement I need, or this is the margin I need you know, to open this position or to hold this position. The thing that's tricky about options is those options prices are always changing. So day by day, um, if the options that you sold or that you're short become more valuable, like let's say you sold those puts and the stock starts to tank and your puts go deep in the money, your maintenance requirement is going to keep growing. So you might start out, you know, this trade with like 10 grand in your account and everything's cool on day number one because you only have to have 9,000, uh, let's say, in equity in your account um, to hold it. But if the stock tanks by day number two, your maintenance requirement could be 11 grand and you're going to be short $1,000. You don't have enough equity in there. And then like TD Ameritrade is going to be calling you and telling you, hey, you're in a margin call. You need to deposit funds or we're going to close out positions for you. So um, it's always a good idea, I think, to if you're going to go into these like naked positions, don't be anywhere near um, using up all of your equity. Like in this scenario, if you had 10,000, don't I would not recommend going out and opening a bunch of positions that are going to put you a thousand dollars away from uh, being in a mark, you know, a maintenance call. Because it doesn't just give you any wiggle room. And especially if you have like weeks or months to expiration, I mean, the stock market could go all over the place. We could have a big sell off and like you just, you know, it's never a good uh, place to have your broker calling you and telling you, you know, you're in a mar margin call. We're going to close stuff out or you need to give us more money. Yeah. 
sorry uh i think maybe take a step back and um we didn't even talk about like what if people don't know what a margin account is or uh the difference between a margin and a cash account and i didn't know when i first started trading either but uh some of the positives to having a margin account is the leverage like you're saying you don't have to have the entire amount of you know whatever equity you're trading uh, you don't have to put it in uh to that one whatever position so you can you know get on more trades it is more dangerous like you said you can get a, a margin call where they'll tell you like i don't think there'd be a position where your broker would let you get really out of hand with your leverage because they're not in the business of losing money so i guarantee like if you start getting crazy uh like for us td is going to give us a call and be like hey uh you just <laughs> slow your roll what the hell you think you're doing so you're going to get a call on that but like some of the uh good things about cash accounts is uh unlimited day trades but you give up uh being able to trade like if you had a small cash account uh what's the settlement date for funds three days now yeah i believe that's what it is yeah so say you you know you have 500 bucks or something in your account and you trade with that whole 500 dollars into you know you bought gamestop or whatever and when you sell that position you have to wait three days for your cash to settle for you to start trading again but with margin if you're on a margin account it's settled immediately you're you know you sell your position that money's back in your account and you can continue trading um what else oh margin as well i know you have to have i, th- I want to say it's um regulated or it may just be uh a lot of brokerages have it, but you have to have like $2,000 in your account and that allows you to uh, short stock. So you can't do that on a cash account. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of take a step back and mention a few things about what margin account is and uh, and a cash account. Yeah, that's a good idea because I went deep into, you know, margin requirements or maintenance requirements and all that stuff without... Uh, you know, hitting those basics. So, um, yeah, that's good for sure. Like I want to say you were talking about the unlimited day trades or something on a cash account. Maybe is the, um, is it still a minimum, uh, requirement in your account though? Like 25,000 to do more than, uh, three day trades within a rolling five day period, or can you do it with, uh, less amount of capital or in you know an account don't have margin nope that's the same stupid uh pattern day trading rule where if you're uh that's why if you like if you had a bunch of cash and just wanted to you had the time to let it settle and you were like a big time day trader then yeah go for the cash account if you're doing super quick like snipes because yeah you hit that pattern day trade rule if you have under 25 grand in your margin account and you do uh, three day trades, then what was the penalty? I think I got smacked for that a couple of times a long time ago. Yeah, I did it as well. I think they gave me like, man, I want to say they gave me like a get out of jail free card, maybe one or two of them within a 12 month period. I can't quite remember, Uh, but they do. I want to say they do lock your account down. Oh man, it's been a 
while since I looked into this, but I want to say they lock your account down for like 90 days or something. I want to say like no only closing positions or something, no opening positions for 90 days. If I'm oh, not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Time. But yeah, it's like, yeah, they put you in jail like good. But I called them. I want to say I did it on accident with TD once and then there may have been tasty trade or something when I was messing with them, but I called them and they did have like some get out of jail free card. They're like, well, you know, within a 12 month period, we can remove the flag like a couple times for you. But like, if you do it a third time or something like you're done, like we're not going to help you anymore, you know, within a 12 month period. So I want to say, yeah, they definitely uh, lock you down pretty good. If you, <laughs> if you keep doing that. Yeah, that's uh, when I had to call TD and mine was a, a stupid mistake. I didn't know enough about options and I, I want to say I put on some verticals and then day traded them. And I thought that, you know, that was considered a single trade uh, vertical and uh, each leg counted as um, as a day trade. So, yeah, when I called them, they told me the same thing. I, I want to say you're allowed one per quarter of um, them removing that. Yeah, that may have been what it was. Man, it's been so long since I, you know, called them up. I think I did it with NTE. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was just, I don't know what I was doing. I think I had some iron condors open and I was just trying to adjust them and like not even thinking, man, like two legs per put you know, put side and two legs per call side. I was making all kinds of adjustments. And then the next day it's like, yep, you know, you've hit the, you know, the maximum number of day trades within the five day period. And like, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. And it, the, the pattern day trade rule is such a freaking joke too. They claim it's to, you know, if you don't have a lot of capital, it's protecting you from doing dangerous trades and doing day trades where you could lose a lot of money but yet they'll still let people with $500 in their Robinhood account buy uh, spy 3 million calls. It's, you know, they don't give a crap. Like these guys don't give a crap about your capital. It's a stupid ass rule. I don't know. I don't even know where it came from, why, you know, they enforce it like that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, we've talked about it before and I never really looked into it. But um, yeah, it's just weird because I know that just because you have 25,000, it doesn't mean anything. If you got 5,000 in your account, you can blow it up in one day, over leverage yourself into something and you'll be getting a margin call or whatever. Same thing if you had 30,000 in your account, you could blow that in one day, you know, trying to day trade a penny stock or, you know, doing something crazy. So it's just like, um, yeah, I don't quite understand it either and i don't think i ever really looked into it i think it's like a finra thing and it's just like wh why that number why not 20 why not 30 you know because even if you had a million dollars of capital to trade with you can easily lose you know most of that in a day like it doesn't really matter like how much you have in your account like you don't know what the hell you're doing or you're out there you know yoloing and dude it's like so easy to you know, blow no matter what amount of capital you have. It's like super easy to blow it. And uh, the whole margin thing too, I was going to say is, um, I guess that's pretty important to me, like knowing 
what the margin requirement is on stuff because i know on like a spread if it's like a five wide spread i know the risk is 500 bucks like that's you know easy enough to calculate if it's a multi-lake strategy but when i'm out here like selling these puts and stuff like i did this past week um you know the higher priced the um the underlying the stock or the etf you know typically the higher the main you know the maintenance requirement is going to be based on those formulas and it's definitely something i look at every single day like every day when i, I go in and i do my trades i go to my balances uh tab in td and i always look at like my net liquidity uh my maintenance requirement and i think there's margin equity or something like that but it's definitely something i'm always keeping an eye on because if i'm even getting close to you know that area where i might be in a margin call you know it just helps to keep me away from that it's like i'm going to put on whatever trades i'm going to put on but if i look at a trade and like the you know the margin or the maintenance requirement is like way too much then i'll just you know move on to a different ticker like maybe a lower price etf or whatever i'm not going to go out there and like you know put myself in a position where i'm going to be caught in you know a margin call yeah it's smart thinking definitely don't want to over leverage yourself and be getting calls while you're at work from td bugging you to close your stuff out yeah totally so definitely look at that a lot um just to make sure i'm staying away from you know maxing that out and approaching that uh that area where if you know the markets dump or the markets get volatile like i definitely don't want to be in that situation but um was there any tickers you were looking at um, in this coming week? Yeah, I had, uh, well, two that I had traded on and uh, that I'm still looking at is BMY. I'm looking for them to make that move higher. Hopefully that was a fake out candle uh, on Friday. If not, if they don't uh, come back up to that trend line, then... I'll be going short, but I'm de I'm definitely going to be making a play on them one way or the other. I'm closing this out or, you know, hanging on to it for the run. Uh, another one, I did a video today on AMC, and I, I'm probably not going to trade it because it's just so unpredictable. You don't know if the Wall Street bet dudes or uh, the hedge funds are going to be in control. So it's not, you know, there's not a whole lot of technical trading to do with it. But I ran the Fibonacci uh, um, retracements on them. And coming into Friday, they actually hit that 60, uh, what is it, 68.1 retracement level, which is like the golden ratio. That's the ratio, you know, 50% and 68.1% is like the key reversal uh, level and they hit that so I'm looking for AMC to make a move higher going into next week um, and the last one I made a trade made some good money on these guys before I might go long again uh, MOS and they've come back down to that 21 level they made a good rally yesterday so I'm going to hold off because they seem to be kind of chopping sideways but uh, everything's looking good on them I might end up doing some sort of long position. So MOS, was that one that had hit 
the bullish scanner and then it like went to the moon recently yeah they had a it wasn't like a crazy rally but let me see what it was it's pretty good rally it was a yeah like 12 13 percent rally in a week nice yeah i think i remember looking at that ticker because you told me it hit the scanner and then uh, i went and looked at it I'm like yeah they pumped pretty hard um cool so you're thinking uh after a little bit of a pullback they might be ready to pump again yeah i'm gonna wait and see what happens tomorrow because they're just chopping sideways and it's like each candle's about the same uh size so like a two percent difference and they're up two percent from the uh the 21 ema right now so i'm gonna wait and see if they can make another move higher before actually going long on them gotcha um let me take a look here i know there's a lot of i don't have that many positions on right now for october and that's kind of what i'm setting up right now um i talked about some stuff let's see here yeah fxi um eem i think i got those trades on rg so yeah i'm kind of going through and looking at the stuff that burned me in august so anything that got over you know extended or bled out really hard and went through on my puts for august i'm definitely looking to sell puts out of the money on that and then the stuff that burned me on the call side i'm looking to go and sell because these ETFs and stuff, for the most part, you know, minus the Q's, SPY, and DIA, for the most part, when these things go on a big rip, they come back to earth. And when they have the big sell-off, they kind of rebound. So I'm kind of looking at playing, you know, playing it that way. So did the RG, the EM, the FXI. Let me check out Jets and XBI. I don't think I have a Jets October on yet. Let me see here. No, I do not. I yeah, I think I put on an extra September put on Jets. So that was an extra trade there. So I've got to get a Jets October position on. So I'm probably going to go out of the money and sell a put on them since they've been getting beat down quite a bit lately. And then XBI, these, oh man, these guys rallied pretty good. I want to say, yeah, they burned me on the put side. So they had a pretty big sell off and burned me on the put side for August monthlies. But now they rallied up to 132. So they've had a nice rally, but I'm probably still going to go out and sell a put or a put spread on them. Let me see what they, oh yeah, they ripped nicely. So yeah, they sold off down under 120. And I think that move right there is what, screwed me in august but now the daily chart on the ttm squeeze it looks like they're above the zero line for like the third day yeah third day in a row i guess friday put them up on the positive side on the ttm squeeze so i'm thinking i'm probably going to go down and sell a put or put spread on xbi for october so that'll probably be another trade i get on this coming week nice yeah, XBI. It's a good look. Uh, well, you're going longer term. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about? You said selling a put spread. Yeah, it's going away from the money because just because they were up at like 175 back in March, that was a pretty insane rally. But since then, they just got beat down pretty good. Um, 
And I'm looking at the daily right now, and it looks like they went down and touched that 120 level sometime in May. I think we were having a good market sell-off in May. They went down and touched that, rejected it pretty hard, came back up to around 140, dumped hard again, and then they rejected that 120 level again. So maybe I can go around that 120 or a little further away and hope that's, you know, maybe some kind of a support level. Yeah, that'd be nice. So yeah, I'll probably uh, look at that and then calls. I sold the thing on the queues, which I said I'm probably going to regret. Spy also burned me on the call side. Um, let me see if I put on an October. I want to say I maybe put on October. I already have on October for them. Let me see. Oh no, it's September, and of course it's in the money. Unbelievable, dude. And it's something <laughs> calls on Spy, man. The queues is just like, uh, dude, it's a death sentence, man. Um, so I don't have an October, so man, I'm tempted to sell October calls on SPY, but maybe I'll do the puts. And then uh, XLV, so XLV burned me for August, and they were just ripping, 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 and finally they pulled back. So my September short call is out of the money by like a few cents. They've been cooking so much, and they're still riding pretty high, I think. I think that's a healthcare ETF, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see here. Yeah, healthcare. So look at that, dude. It looks like the Qs. If you look at their date <laughs> chart, that's stupid. So I think I'm going to go and sell calls for October, like a five wide call spread for October, because this is just dumb. Like, I don't know. I mean, apparently healthcare is going to the moon, but I just have a feeling these guys have got to come down a little bit or like cool off a little bit in the short term. Yeah, they definitely looks like they're having trouble getting through that like 137 level. So if you can get some sell something outside of that, should be all right. Yeah, something I'll take my chances on the call side there. And uh yeah, that should keep me busy for this coming week. <laughs> all right. Did you have anything else you want to go over? Uh not much. Just taking a look at futures. Uh pretty much in the red. Russell is down 0.2%. They had a stupid almost 3% rip on Friday though, so I would expect them to come down a little bit. And then S&P 500 futures are down 0.11%. Of course, NASDAQ is green because NASDAQ is always green. And then Dow is down 0.08%. So nothing too crazy, but futures are looking slightly red right now. Yeah, especially Bitcoin. God, they can't freaking stay above 50, man. That's, yeah, that's a crazy run, though, because recently, <laughs> not too long ago, I think they dipped into the 20s, so high 20s or something. So, yeah, that was a pretty good pump. Yeah, well, now that we have uh, Bitcoin futures on TD, I might take a stab at those. Nice. Try and see if I can blow my account up. <laughs> Bitcoin will be the way to do it. <laughs> all right man i didn't have anything else uh on the website or anything so i think i'm good on my end all right man i'll catch you later all right Bye. thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the ws trades podcast if you are not subscribed to this podcast please subscribe also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. 
We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos so you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to wstrades.com. Thanks again.